mind opens and closes, opens and closes. If it were always a fist or always stretched open, you would be paralyzed. Your deepest presence is in every small contracting and expanding, the two as beautifully balanced and coordinated as birds' wings. This is a quote by the 13th century Persian poet and Islamic scholar Rumi. Hello and welcome back to Organic, your podcast for real conversations and perspectives on and from Africa and Africans. My name is Jamila Abdullahi, your host for this podcast. It's been about five months since Organic was launched. And since then, we have talked about numerous topics, largely centered around Ramadan, relationships, spirituality. Now it's time to switch gears a bit to some of the other topics we'll be covering on Organic. But first of all, I've been thinking a lot about doing versus being, hence the quote for this episode. Over the past few months, circumspect and myself have been largely focused on the doing, on providing guidance on digital transformation for individuals, organizations, and businesses, many of whom, until 2020, probably did not think about taking digital too seriously or about thinking about it strategically. So what we did was we organized a three-part online training series on freelancing, um, participated in numerous webinars by other organizations, and also provided a free training on online job search skills. If you are interested in any of those, you can find that information at circumspect.com or just shoot me a message and I can guide you to where that is located. But not surprisingly, after so much doing, so much work, basically, I eventually got zoomed out or a little burnt out from being online. And for me, this is not surprising because I have been working in this space for a while and I've always made it a point to take a social media break or hiatus of some sorts. So that's what I'm currently doing right now. Um, switching gears a bit from constantly doing to simply being and going with the flow, being focused on maybe one or two really important things and instead just like nurturing relationships with family, friends and learning. For me, learning is always a big part of my being periods. Um, Just absorbing new information, insights on things that I'm interested in. But I do realize that um, many of us are still very actively in the doing stage and uh, many of us are still struggling, especially after being online and doing remote work online for a very long time. Many of us are probably dealing with digital burnout or figuring out, struggling to figure out how to remain productive. I thought this would be a good time to bring back a conversation I had a few months ago 
um, as part of the City Business Festival, I had a chat with Kojo Akotoboating about productivity, digital productivity, and also how to prevent burnout. So we talked about many things, including how to create a routine, how to find your rhythm, how to deal with distractions, and how to figure out when you're most productive. We also talked about some tools, digital tools primarily, that can help you achieve all of this. So this episode really is just to bring that back um, and to give you a chance to go over that conversation. And I hope that you enjoy our conversation and that you find something in there that is valuable and that you can apply to your own life. So enjoy. Hello, good morning and welcome to the City Business Festival. My name is Kojo Akoto Boateng. This morning we are talking about working from home, the tools and strategies for success. Working from home before COVID was not something usual in our setting here. We would all wake up in the morning, go to work, close, be in the traffic, go home. A lot of us were not used to the concept of working from home, but with COVID, most of us are working from home. We've had to adapt and learn how to work from home. But what are the tools and the strategies that you need for success um, when you're working from home? Um, this morning, my guest is somebody I've followed closely for close to a decade. She's a digital strategist. She's a skills trainer and coach. Um, she's an activist. She's everything positive about this world and making it better. Her name is Jamila Abdullah. Welcome to the City Business Festival, Jamila. Thank you, Kojo, and um, hello to your listeners. I hope you're well. Yes, I'm doing great. How has the COVID period been for you? Uh, it's been it's been an interesting period. There have been ups uh, and there have been some downs, but overall, you know, it's been okay. You are a digital strategist. You're a trainer. You're a coach. Um, tell me a bit about you and, and the work you do and what you've done so far. Okay, so I'm a trained economist and a digital strategist. I've been in the digital space for over 10 years. Um, I founded a digital platform, formerly a blog called circumspect.com. Um, and it's been in existence for this is the 13th year. And so what I do is I do a lot of work in the digital space with regards to digital activism, um, with regards to providing top-notch digital content, with regards to digital skills trainings, and then also working with primarily Africa-oriented clients in Ghana and elsewhere um, to help them figure out how to strategically use digital tools and build up digital skills. So we offer digital services as well. You've never had an office. I remember the first time we met, I asked you where your office was and you said, your office is your laptop and your phone. How has that shaped the work you do so far? Yes, um, I think it's, it's, it's definitely been a freeing thing 
because I think for many of us, when it comes to, especially if you're looking to go down the entrepreneurial path or chart your own course, there are always these limitations that stop us from doing all those things. But when you're not bound by, in quotes, space, in this case, uh, an office space, it offers you some freedom um, and it also gets you a bit creative with regards to what you could potentially do. And I'm trying to think back to when I had my last, uh, when I actually started working without having to be limited to a specific space. I think that would have been when I was, I was working in Washington, D.C. as a journalist. And um, we focused a lot on international affairs, international development, foreign policy. And as you know, Washington, D.C. is the seat of government for the United States. And so many times I would go cover events. I would have my phone and my laptop and cover events, um, policy events with presidents and so on. And sometimes go to coffee shops to do the write-ups, um, sometimes have meetings uh, very early in the morning because my colleagues, some of my colleagues were in the Philippines and so on. And so, yeah, it really is a freeing thing for me. And it, it also forces me to think outside the box and to try to be creative um, and of course, yes, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about the productivity element, but over over the years, I've learned a few things with how to stay productive and consistent. So now a lot of companies, even government institutions, mm-hmm. um, require that um, a good percentage of their staff work away from the office. Yeah. So I'm tweaking the, 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 the topic a little bit, not working from home, so working away from the office. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've had people tell us that, look, it's not as easy as they thought it would be working from home. And it's actually more difficult working from home than working from the office. There's some people who wish that they would be called back to the office to work <laughs> within that space because they feel that they're a bit more productive in the office space. Yeah. But COVID is not going anywhere now. So for, for the next foreseeable future, at least for the next six months, one year, at least Google, Facebook, all these companies are telling their staff, stay at home and work from home. Yeah. We know that big corporations in Ghana are also doing the same. What tools or what must people know to be able to work from home efficiently? I have a couple of strategies Mm -hmm. that I have used over the past um, five to ten years and I guess I can run through them and share a bit on that. So I think the first thing that is really important if you're working away from the traditional office setup is that you need to have a routine. Right. I think for many of us, when we think about, oh, I don't have to go to the office, then you think you can, I mean, part of us might think, oh, I can slack off a bit or I don't have to dress up to go to work, etc. But you actually still need a routine of some sort because that prepares you mentally and also physically in some respects um, for the work day ahead. So the first thing is to have a routine. Um, I'll give an example of what a routine could be like. So you want to think in terms of daily routine, but you also want to think in terms of weekly routine. So for a daily routine, you might say, I have to be up by this time. I need to have breakfast by X time. If you're someone who likes to be physically active, you you want to go for a walk and be home by X amount of time. You also want to make sure that you have chunks of time where you have uninterrupted work. So you know that between, let's say, one to three, you're focused on project A and project A alone. So you need to mix up your routine by ensuring that you have 
focus and discipline as an integral part of that routine. Um, the weekly routine should look more at the more general things you want to achieve that week. So for instance, Mondays, for most people, Mondays are extremely hectic. Yeah. That's when they are traditionally in the traditional setup. You'll be having so many meetings. Monday meetings. For me, I keep Mondays clear. No meetings on Monday because that will set the tone for the whole week. And so if my Monday is very hectic and frantic, then it will feed into the rest of my week. So Mondays are when I will take time to go through emails to prioritize what is the most important thing that needs to be done. And then to also ensure that um, I at least start off the week having done things that are relevant to my business specifically. Um, Wednesdays are my meeting days. So Wednesdays, whenever I'm scheduling meetings, I try to schedule all my meetings Wednesday afternoon. So I might have three or four meetings back to back. But then that means that I don't have to switch from a meeting to trying to get into work mode, from mm -hmm. work mode to being interrupted by a meeting. And if I really need another meeting day, then Fridays are my meeting days because by Friday, mentally, I'm probably already tired. Mm -hmm. And so I will be more open to human engagement. So that's just to give you a sense of what your weekly routine could be like. So, so you need to have a routine and you need to compartmentalize the things that you do. Yes. So that if you're strategizing, strategizing. If you're meeting, you meet. Yes. If you have to do A, B, C, you do them and you structure them accordingly. Yes. And and I think for organizations, that can be helpful if you have, or, or not maybe not organizations, but at least teams. So you know that Wednesdays are the days for meetings because then it allows, um, if nothing at all, I will get uninterrupted work done Tuesday, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, nice. if I have to do meetings on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, and then that allows you to stay productive and to not be in meetings all week and not actually get your work done. Mm. So, so that's the first strategy is routine. Yeah. Interesting. Come up, come up with the routine. It can be as granular as what you do every hour if you really want to, or it can be as general as weekly routine and and what you aim to achieve and part of the routine also is you need to have a to-do list but on your to-do list whether it's for the day or for the week okay for the day i would say keep it to no more than three things because most cases i don't even finish all those three things but if you keep it to one to two or three and you're able to do two it gives you a sense of Oh, wow, I got this done, mm -hmm. which gives you energy for the next day. Yeah. But if you have a list of 10 things and you only do one thing, then it discourages you. And mm -hmm. so you also kind of have to play around with energy. Um, also figure out when you are most productive. So this is going more into well-being, which is the next strategy that you need to think about. We are not all the same. And when it comes to the traditional work environment, it kind of does not take that into consideration because we do eight to five or nine to five, depending on your company's policy. Um, but when you're working from home, you actually have a little bit of leeway to figure out when you're most productive. Some of us are night owls. Some of us are, you know, um, very early birds. And some of us are a mix <laughs> of the two. Um, for me, for instance, I noticed that in the morning, 
is when I'm really great at doing things that require brain power and concentration. If I am doing research, that kind of stuff, I'm probably going to do it in the morning. In the afternoon, when I'm a little tired, early afternoon, let's say after lunch, you've had whatever it is that you've had and it's making you feel a little bit sleepy. That's when I tend to do administrative tasks Uh because those do not require that much brain power. And it's more of just responding to emails. Of course, if it's an email, that's with a very important client. (laughs) You want to do that early in the morning. Right. But if it's like admin things, um, you're sending invoices, sending receipts, that kind of thing. I try to do that in the early afternoon. And then in the evening, that's actually my favorite part of the day late afternoon to evening is when i get very creative so late afternoon to evening is when i'm going to be doing largely digital content it's when i'm probably going to be um reading online to spark ideas for Mm -hmm. let's say planning our content for the for the next week or for the next month depending on what the goals are so try and figure out for yourself when you're most productive and then shift the most important things to that time. Um, There's a quote by one of my favorite authors, Stephen Covey. And if you haven't read his book, The The Seven Principles of Highly Effective People, Mm -hmm. that's a good book to read as well because it will also help you figure out some of these elements for yourself. And he says that the goal is not to um, schedule your priorities but to prioritize your schedule. I hope I'm not switching it up. But basically what he's trying to say is the things that are important, if you do not prioritize and schedule them, they're not going to happen, right? So anything that's important to you, you need to make sure that you have that set up. And this comes to back to the well-being and having a calendar. A lot of us like to do last-minute scheduling. Personally, I schedule everything a week in advance. So things I'm doing this week are things that were scheduled last Last week. week. And that allows me to make sure that I have enough time to rest, enough time to get my own work done, Mm -hmm. enough time to show up for clients or for, you know, for great people like Kojo where necessary. Um, Yes. Enough time to prepare as well. Enough time to prepare and enough time to reflect. Mm -hmm. That's another important thing that many of us don't do. Enough time to reflect and not always be on go, go, go. So those are elements that you would need to think about when it comes to well-being. What you eat is also another one. What you eat can affect how productive you are. Be very conscious of what is in your fridge. If you are working from home, yes, you'll probably start off going to the fridge multiple times. But if you go to the fridge and all you have is healthy food, that's what you're going to eat. If you go to to your fridge and you have junk food, that's what you're going to eat. So pay attention to what you're actually putting in your fridge. Make a conscious effort not to have too many snacks in your house because you will find it and you will you will snack on it. So that's one. Second thing is... Um, Make sure you're not skipping too many meals because when you skip too many meals, then what happens is, of course, it affects you mentally. You're not you're not going to be as effective, but it also means that when you do get your next meal, you're more likely to overeat because you skipped a meal. So think about having your three main meals and then maybe have snacks in between. Also, make sure you're hydrating. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water, actually, because 
many times when we think we're hungry we're actually thirsty mm -hmm. and the body doesn't necessarily distinguish between the two until you give it whatever you give it so that's why sometimes you think you're hungry you eat and then you realize that you still need to drink a lot of water because mm -hmm. what you actually needed was water not food final one meal prepping meal prepping also helps with productivity because of course it also depends on your household setup if you can actually meal prep um, practical things like <laughs> electricity outages I used to meal prep a lot between 2017 and 2018 I did a lot of meal prepping I don't do so much of it now because of power outages and the food getting spoiled but meal prepping what you could do with meal prepping is let's say on Sunday if you're at home on a Sunday you dedicate three or four hours and you prepare your food for lunch and dinner for the whole week. Or you can do it for like three days, mm -hmm. depending on what you want to do. What that does is it makes you be conscious about what you're eating because you're actually preparing your food for the week. And then it also means that when it's lunchtime, it's not now you're going to stand and look in the fridge and be like, oh, what can I eat? And then... Just because at the office usually lunchtime you go and buy food yes so you don't waste as much thank time. you but at home if you don't have the meals prepared then you have to prepare them then meals. you have to prepare or it you have to take anything you get at all which may or may not be healthy exactly interesting so meal prepping helps with that this is the city business festival my guest is jamila abdullah we are talking about working away from the office the tools and the strategies that you need to be successful she shared two strategies with us so far having a routine, and seeing to your well-being. She has four more strategies to share with us. Jamila, what are the other strategies we need to be successful? Okay, so the next one I would say is goal setting. Um, and I think I've touched a little bit on that with the question of having a to-do list. But for each week, it's good to have a sense of what your goal for the week is. If your goal for the week is to, let's say in your case, it's to put out a certain number of articles or to make sure that you have XYZ guests speaking with you during that week. Then you know that this, these, are the, these are the standards that I am holding myself to for the week. Of course, if you're working in an organization, a lot of your goals will be tied to your team's goals or your department's goals or the company's goals. So... Even though your company might say, this is what we're doing, it's very important for you as the person who is going to do the work to also narrow down those goals for yourself and make personalize them for yourself and break them up um, either by month or by week. It mm -hmm. depends on you. Uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much self-explanatory. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Time management is another very important thing. And I think this is the area that many of us struggle with it's not that we can't do the work or that we don't you know we've been doing the work but the difference here is that when you're in an office setting there's a, an element of management literal management from your supervisor or peer influence and peer supervision yeah. from your peers your colleagues um if you were sitting at your desk and all you were doing is watching movies all day at some point somebody is gonna say something mm -hmm. when you move to working away from home and that could be whether you're working in a coffee shop or you're working in your home or working somewhere else you become the manager 
you become the supervisor and you become the employee all at once. <laughs> so you almost have to take on some alter ego <laughs> in order to give yourself tough love and to it's self-discipline basically mm-hmm. self-discipline which feeds into managing your time so some things that you can do in that respect i think there's studies done on it that say that give a sense of the concentration period that you will have i think it ranges from about 15 minutes to 30 minutes and then after that your brain kind of switches off you usually need a break Mm -hmm. so knowing that you're probably going to be productive in um chunks of let's say 30 minutes what you should do is you do your you're doing your work make sure that when that break or that distraction comes you don't do things like go on social media you don't do things like pick up the call to call that friend who you know that when you start talking it's two hours later Uh, make sure you don't do things that are going to prolong that five minute break because if you do that then that's how time gets away from you i have a friend who says that since he started working from home he's logged out of a lot of his social media accounts on his phone Mm -hmm. so that he would have to go on social media on the pc or something yeah and on the phone he's always getting updates yeah so he's tempted to go on social media he's tempted to go on youtube to watch something yes so he doesn't do that he only does social when he breaks himself for lunch yes exactly and actually um one tip for that so he's already doing that um one tip for that is turn off your notifications okay i don't have social media notifications meanwhile i work in the social media space and Part of that is tied to the well-being because there is something called digital burnout. Mm -hmm. So if especially if you work a lot heavily with um, digital technologies, social media, you need to be very conscious about that fact because um, it kind of affects your attention. And that ultimately affects how productive you can be when you're trying to be attentive to your work and so on. So there are tools that you can use for um, monitoring or regulating your access to specific platforms. If you use an iPhone, um, they have a segment under their settings, which allows you to you know, block specific apps actually. For, for specific periods of time. For specific periods of time, um, throughout the day or on specific days and so on. So you can you can definitely use that tool to do that. You can also just do a search in your app store. I think on, on iPhone it's called screen time. Yeah. That's the that's the yeah, setting that you time. can use. Um but you can also do a search online and they have a lot of different apps that will block things for you. I used to use these tools when I was in graduate school. That's when I first learned about them a few years ago. And I used them when I had exams because when you're supposed to be studying and then something is happening on social media, it's very easy to get distracted. So if you're using a laptop or a PC, they also have specific um, plugins that you can use for your browser and it will literally block it. So you can type in twitter.com, but the screen that's going to come up is probably going to be a black screen that's going to say you're not allowed to go to this website. Mm-hmm. You know, So you have all of these um, tools that you can also use to kind of help you manage your time. With the time management, I think it's also important to factor in time for downtime. What does this mean? It means that in as much as you're working from home, there is the likelihood that you make yourself always available. But this 
concept of business hours is still very important, even for for individuals. So personally, I don't respond to business inquiries normally after 6 p.m. It will wait till the next day. Unless, of course, I have a client deadline where the information is necessary for me to like... It's because you don't have a boss. Yeah, because you... If you have a boss like me and your <laughs> boss sends you a message in the evening at 6 p.m. Because, but it's because <laughs> you be- become your own boss, right? Yeah. But even when... Okay, let me give a different example. Um, when I used to work at, let's say, in with, with the last employer, formal employer that I had, even then... Even then, because a lot of the time you also have to kind of set expectations. Mm-hmm. So have that conversation within your team if you need to. Um, I'm available from, you know, if you need to contact me early in the morning, you can contact me after 7. Or if you need to contact me after 5 p.m., I'm available until 7. Mm-hmm. You know, so have those conversations with your team so that you can respect each other. Yeah. And why that's important is that if you are always on, what is going to happen is that when you actually need to be productive, you won't be productive because you didn't rest or you didn't take a break from the mental space of work. Mm-hmm. So I know it doesn't seem like it helps make you productive or it might seem like, how am I going to tell my boss about this? But it actually helps fool your productivity and helps ensure that when you need to be on point, you are on point. Right. Um, one way to also deal with that is not having your email on your phone. <laughs> your work email. Yes. Not having your work email on your phone. So I have, um, of course, you have all these email applications. I have that on my laptop. Now I have it on my phone. But when I was working for someone else, I didn't have it on my phone. So in order for me to check work email, I would have to go to the browser, put in the URL put in the past like that that whole process alone will stop you from doing that and also it means that you're not going to get notifications Mm. right so those are little little things you can do to also kind of tie in the time management with your personal well-being and if you're able to do this it affects your personal well-being yes which makes you more productive and healthy and so on yes so you've shared four strategies so far strategies for working from home effectively you need to develop a routine you need to check on your well-being you need to set goals and then you need to have an effective time management strategy in place. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So next one is getting in the zone. Now, what do I mean by getting in the zone? You already have your routine, you know, you're doing all these other things, but the reality is we are influenced by our environment. So if you are working from home, and you have, let's say, your family around you, it's very easy to want to spend time with the people who are at home. You know, if if someone is not working or is, let's say, a student who is on holiday, is going to change the mood and the, the environment. Children. Or the children, you know, your children want to play with you. They want um, mommy or daddy to give them some attention. So you need to find a way of creating a home office, Right. It doesn't have to be a big office. It could be a corner of your room where you have your desk. I highly recommend a desk. Very funny thing is that I didn't get a desk until last year. And I have seen the difference in having a desk. Initially, I would just sit like on the armchair or sit in my bed and do my work because I'm using my laptop. 
But last year I got a, uh, a desk with a sturdy chair and mm-hmm. I'm definitely way more productive. And what it also does, it, it primes you that, okay, when we move from the bed to the desk, it's it time to I'm work. Working. When it, I move from the desk to the bed or any other space, I'm off work. Yes. So that's consciously, exactly. the moment you, you get to the desk, your, your, your brain knows that it's time to work. That's exactly it. And people are home know that you are in the zone so they shouldn't disturb you yes yes i've actually seen online what some um some people working from remote workers will do is they might if you have children for example they might have like a sign on the door so for the children when they see that sign they know that chale mommy or daddy is busy right now and then when the sign is off then it means that oh yeah you can come in or if the door is closed it means that and you see this in office setups too where people are having meetings and the door is closed it means you can't go in but if you have an open door policy it means feel free to walk in like Mm. i'm available to talk so you can kind of come up with some of those strategies for home as well and then you get in the zone and then you get in the zone (laughs) the second thing that will help you get in the zone is what you wear yeah, I know a lot of people are probably like, oh my God, what are we about to talk about? Mm-hmm. Don't wear your PJs the whole day. I mean, yes, it was fun in the beginning, but if you really want to stay productive and you are going to need to, if you know COVID is around for as long as we think it's going to be, come up with chill but still you know work outfits that you wear at home you know it could be something as simple as usually i'll wear like a shirt Mm -hmm. if i'm wearing a shirt then i know that yeah charlie we're about to we're about to do some serious work but if you're in your pajamas the whole time unless of course you already have mastered that self-discipline i can work in my pajamas and still get work done because i've done it for a while but in the beginning if i was doing that it kind of makes you lazy because you're like, oh, I want to sleep. I want to relax. I just want yeah, to lounge. The outfit is made to, for sleep. Yes. Or for relaxing. Exactly. So um, um, consciously, it doesn't even help you to get in the zone to work. Yes. Yes. But that does not mean that you should wear a suit and tie at home. And wear shoes as well? No, I like to wear, I usually wear slippers at home anyway. Okay. So I'll have slippers, but not like full clothes shoes. No. But you don't need to wear a suit and tie either because the the thing is you want to make sure you're comfortable but not comfortable to the point of relaxing okay right so you can just wear like a regular shirt you can wear some slacks and then if you want to wear um, flip-flops or chalewati whatever it is you can wear that and then just just chill chill at your desk and get work done and it also helps when you get um, some of these work video calls and you don't have to then immediately rush to go and change yes that's exactly it so you want something that is 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 presentable basically but that does not um require you to do too much Mm. yes and then i think the final strategy for working from home is the networking aspect networking what do you mean by networking what i mean by networking is one of the pitfalls of working from home or working away from the traditional office setup is that it's very easy to feel isolated. This is something that I dealt with probably the first few weeks of when I started um, uh, working remotely and after I'd quit my job, is that sense of isolation. As human beings, we are wired for connection. And so even now, you need to keep that in mind. And how do you network? You have all these tools that you can use to still be in, in quotes, a virtual workspace 
with your colleagues or with your employer or whoever your clients mm-hmm. um, and that will help you feel connected to the work environment so you can use um, Google Drive is a great one if you need to work on documents with your colleagues they have a chat function that you can also use while you're you're reviewing the document um, you can also use I think um, Microsoft meetings mm-hmm. Microsoft team Teams. has a lot of different um, tools that you can use in that respect you have slack or Asana Trello which are yeah, it's about team management and ta- task de- delegation, but they also allow you to have that open communication with your colleagues. So, so, so let's go over some of the tools you've mentioned already. Okay. Google Drive, mm-hmm. if you need to work on a document with someone, collaborate on a document with yes. someone, Google Drive is preferred because you don't have to be sending emails back and forth. Yes. Once you put a document up, you can make changes. The person, if they also have access, can make changes. Or Microsoft OneDrive, I think, also yes. does the same OneDrive thing. OneDrive also yeah. does the same thing. And then you mentioned Microsoft Teams. Yes. Also great for collaboration. Mm -hmm. Now, you've mentioned Slack, which we use often here at CTFM. So Slack is also a tool which helps you to put your team together and you can schedule stuff and share information and all that. So Slack is spelled S-L-A-C-K. Yes. You mentioned Asana. Mm Mm-hmm. What does it do? It's similar to Slack. And then you mentioned Trello, which is also similar to Slack. So Google Drive, Microsoft OneDrive, Slack, Asana, Trello. Okay. Yeah. Those are five tools you've mentioned so far. Five tools so far. Um, And then you also want to think about cloud space because if you're not uh, seeing your colleagues, whereas before and even in the COVID um, situation we're in now, you probably wouldn't want to be sharing your jump drive with everybody Mm -hmm. to copy files and so on. So cloud space is going to be very important. Google Drive offers free cloud space in that respect. So you can use that. Another alternative is Dropbox. Mm -hmm. And Dropbox, I think, has also gotten increasingly collaborative um, to some degree. So you can also um, share documents with people, leave comments on specific things, that kind of thing. Um, and then of course marketing and networking to extend beyond your internal team Mm -hmm. and then reach out to let's say other professionals um, not just in Ghana or Africa but across the world social media LinkedIn is a clear one right so if you want to find a replacement for all of those conferences and workshops you might have attended you can have those same conversations or similar on a place like LinkedIn or on social media. Of course, now we also have all these virtual meetings with Zoom. I was I'm sure ask you ma- about Zoom. I yes. that would be the first thing you'd mention because this is everybody saying let's Zoom. Yes, I know, and it is very. Um, I think I had my period of time where I did a bunch of Zoom. I'm done with that now because <laughs> I'm. I gave myself like five or six to do, um, like with other people, but. This is where the digital burnout thing comes in. So that's why I didn't mention that first, because I think a lot of the time what happens is we get caught up on one thing and we forget that we have all these other options available to us. But Zoom is um, definitely a good option. Uh, Skype, if you want to keep it a bit more tight, Mm -hmm. you can use Skype. WhatsApp has WhatsApp video as well and WhatsApp conference calling. And Facebook 
announced that they're going to be rolling out more video um, conferencing options soon. So pay attention to Facebook because they will be bringing all of that out very soon. And then Google Meets. So if you have a Gmail account, Google Meets is actually a very quick one. You can do yeah. it right in your inbox and then initiate a call with someone and, and have that face-to-face face, face conversation virtually. Yeah, so I think those are probably the tools that I would highlight right now. Um, Messaging-wise, Telegram is actually a very interesting one, yeah. and I've noticed that a lot of people use Telegram channels very yeah. in and very these interesting days, people ways. People also going on to Signal. Yes, um, exactly for, for calls and messaging for protected um, for for better encryption. Encryption. That's, that's what they say. Yes. So there's also Signal. Yes. Okay. Jamila, this has been um, a great conversation, sharing the strategies and the tools with us. But when, um, what about people who want to add some more value to themselves and learn? Because sometimes at the office, there are these regular conferences and these regular meetings where um, regular workshops, but these days we are not getting them. What platforms would you recommend for people who want to also um, acquire some new skills and some, some new knowledge whilst they work away from their office? Very, very good point. And yeah, that's definitely one thing. This question of upskilling is something that as a professional, even if your company does not um, create space or room for that, I think it's something that you owe to yourself um, as a personal responsibility to do. So thank you for bringing it up. LinkedIn actually has some learning tools. It's called LinkedIn Learn. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is log into LinkedIn. And I think it's under the menu options. Um, you should be able to take like very quick courses and they will give you also, uh, most of them I think are free. Uh, they will also give you like a certificate um, to show that you actually took and completed a course. Of course, many of us have heard about Coursera. Uh, where you can take courses, but most of those courses are paid for. I think on average, the ones I've seen so far, on average between 30 to $50 for each course. So it requires a little bit of investment, but mm -hmm. you will definitely be able to do that. Beyond that, free resources, YouTube is mm -hmm. a big one. There is so much content on YouTube and you have a lot of institutions like the Khan Academy mm -hmm. that, um, you know, teach a lot of different topics and a lot of different things. So just go on YouTube and do a search and you're likely to find someone who has provided that resource for free. Twitter is actually a very good platform for learning things. Um, if you do a search on Twitter, Pay attention to threads. Usually when there's a Twitter thread, mm -hmm. there's probably going to be a little bit of education happening. So Twitter threads are a good one. Um, of course, you can also look at blogs. So check to see blogs that might have educational content. Circumspect.com is one of them. We have a lot of, we have over 500 articles, which is free content um, on everything from like starting a business where we have um, interviews with entrepreneurs, African entrepreneurs, to things like policy, exploring policy and discussing policy to things like digital, social media marketing, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think other Things you can look at, look at apps by organizations like TED. So TED Talks are a great way to also learn something new. Podcasts are 
excellent for learning right and the great thing about podcasts i mean we we're just talking about this kojo um is that you can listen while doing other things so mm-hmm. you can multitask while listening to a podcast and how to feed it into your day you might say oh, i don't have any time to be like learning and upgrading my skills or my knowledge if you have time to like go for a walk or maybe you're running to the on grocery lunch. store or on lunch just have your earphones in and listen to a, a podcast and you're learning while you're doing all your other stuff so podcasts are great um circumspect just launched a podcast called organic and uh we will be touching on things like digital a bit of entrepreneurship in the african context so Really just do some general research and you will find a lot of learning tools and resources out there. Interesting stuff. This is the City Business Festival. My guest Jamila Abdullahi. So we've touched on three things on the broad topic working from home, the tools and the strategies for success. She shared six strategies: routine, well-being, goal setting, time management, getting in the zone and networking. And she shared over 10 different platforms or tools you could use including Google Drive, Slack, Trello, WhatsApp, Telegram, um LinkedIn, Twitter, um lots of platforms and Zoom for your <laughs> and related matters. And then she shared um resources you can use to add more value to yourself while you work from home. I believe you've learned something new and your experience of working from home or away from the office will change with the knowledge you've acquired so that together we work to be more productive in this pandemic period. Jamila has been great talking to you on the City Business Festival and I hope to grab you some other time so that we expand some of the um, conversations especially on learning from home and the resources that you need to 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 add more value to yourself. Thank you for being on the City Business Festival, Jamila. Thank you, Kojo. It's been a pleasure as always. My name is Kojo Agotobuating. The City Business Festival is brought to you by Absa Bank Ghana Limited and supported by GIPC. Stay with us. Before I sign off, I'd like to leave you with a thought. You don't have to do it all. Sometimes it's enough to simply be. You don't have to do it all. Sometimes it's enough to simply be. And I think that this is especially true for 2020. There's a lot going on. It's a lot of stress even if we can't necessarily see it and so cut yourself some slack rest if you need to it'll be waiting anyway so take care of yourself thank you for listening i hope this episode gave you a new perspective or at least something to think about this is also a switch up into some more topics on the organic podcast we'll be delving into some interesting conversations on business lifestyle and more 
I'd like to hear from you now. Join the conversation and share your perspective using the hashtag OrganicSpeak. Listening on the Anchor platform, you can leave a voice message right here on the episode. Don't forget to subscribe to The Organic Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and connect with us on Instagram and Facebook with the handle Organic Podcast. My name is Jamila Abdullahi. Until the next conversation, take care and keep it real.